When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and the restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Good morning. Welcome to another edition of Better Living, a show about the people and organizations that make an impact around Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm your host this week, Jay Cresswell from 98.7 K-Love. Thanks for joining me this morning. Later this hour, we'll catch up with Dr. James Ponce. He's the superintendent for the Texans Can Academies. If you haven't heard Texans Can Academies, they provide the highest quality education for all students, especially those who've struggled in a traditional high school setting, in order to ensure their economic independence. How? But let's get started with part one. Sue Levin, executive director of HGI Counseling, joins us. Since 1978, HGI Counseling has helped Texans with counseling services for individuals, couples, families, and groups from all walks of life and economic levels. Sue, good morning and thanks for joining us. Good morning, Jay. Glad to be with you. I appreciate you coming on this morning. Please, uh, you know, give us a bit of the history of HGI Counseling. I know been around 42 years. Why don't you give us the brief story of the of the organization? Sure. We actually started in Galveston, Texas, as um, our founders were teaching at UTMB in child psychiatry, but decided to open a private nonprofit organization. And at the time, it was called the Galveston Family Institute. The focus was on family therapy and um quickly grew to take care of uh, training and services beyond Galveston. The uh, organization opened a Houston office and began training people around the state of Texas to do family therapy, which was a pretty new um, delivery service or way of thinking, way of working. Um, that problems didn't just happen in individuals, but that it's the relationships and the ways that families work together or um, um, struggle that is the best way to approach helping everyone uh, do better and and uh, be successful. So a systems perspective, which has carried on in our work, although we don't call ourselves a family institute anymore because people used to think, well, that means we can only come with our families. Mm -hmm. And my family lives in the East, or my family is no longer, you know, I'm, I'm from a blended family. And, you know, all, the, all these things that have influenced family therapy over time has shifted the way that we think about our work. So we carry the idea that systems are important in our mind as we work with people, but it might be an individual, it might be a couple, it might be a part of a family, it might be a work family. So we really uh, are um, open to lots of different ways and how people define their families and the important relationships that they're in. So we, we really look at how do the relationships that you're in influence what's going on, make you um, more resilient and um, help you solve problems, or how might they be contributing to things that you feel stuck with? Uh, Sue, uh, you know, one of the things about the founding of the company, we know that the company was founded in South Texas, but, uh, and we'll get to this later in our interview, uh, virtual wellness classes are available for anyone. And I think it's... Yeah, and virtual therapy is available for our whole, uh, you know, therapists are able to offer therapy online 
wherever they're licensed. And the licenses that most of our staff carry, including myself, I'm a therapist as well, uh, are in Texas. So we can serve, yeah, we can serve the whole state with therapy as well as the classes that we offer, which are not therapy, although they're therapeutic, mm-hmm. can be offered around the world, actually. So uh, one of our wellness class instructors is going to be providing a class on uh, cookie decorating, which ask me how that has to do with your emotional wellness, and I'll tell you. But uh, she's in Paris, and she'll be offering the class online. Is that Paris, France, or Paris, Texas? Paris, France. Of course it is. (laughs) Well, you know what? One of the things we've discovered in the past, uh, I don't know, eight or nine months, is how well we can do virtually. Uh, You know, we used to depend on sitting 28 people around a table or sitting in the same room with another person and accomplishing goals, whether it's therapeutic or a business plan. But I I think we've all learned, hopefully, uh, how to make things happen virtually, and it opens up a whole new world. That's right, Jay. We've actually been doing online... um, teletherapy for 10 plus years. And in fact, most therapists have been able to manage crises over the phone. You know, when you see your client face-to-face, you're usually meeting once a week in an office, at least before the pandemic. But what often people don't realize is that when people get into crisis, they, they have to call. They, they may not be able to get in and see their client or see their therapist. The, the therapist is helping them through maybe one of the most difficult times remotely over the phone. And so, um, so um, crises and the, these most really difficult situations have been handled remotely for decades, you know, with uh, therapists. And so um, shifting to working online is something that wasn't difficult for our organization at all. As I said, we've been doing teletherapy using online and video uh, conferencing, I guess, originally through Skype before there was a lot of uh, platforms that are Mm -hmm. dedicated now to therapy and and telemedicine. So we now have um, a lot more sophisticated ways that we can do this. Uh, but right. it is something that that is um, that we can do and we can train people how to do it. As I said, HGI also is a training organization. So we've had many, many therapists who didn't feel comfortable working online who've come to trainings that we've offered as well. Being old school uh, like me, uh, you know, you see, like you said, telemedicine and other things, and you, you say to yourself, you wonder how that works. Well, guess what? It does work. And like you said, your organization has been doing this for years and years and have this down to a science. Yeah, and our clients didn't always take advantage. You know, some mm-hmm. of them were willing and interested and actually, uh, you know, we have clients who don't like to get out of their house. You know, that sure. may be part of the problem. Social anxiety, uh, agoraphobia is the extreme uh, example of that, where people are unable to get out of their house without having like anxiety attacks. So that kind of um, opportunity to work with somebody remotely is just amazing. But most clients really thought they didn't want to do teletherapy. And when the pandemic first hit, we had a big lag in people taking us up on teletherapy appointments. We contacted all of our clients and we see hundreds, if not a thousand people, you know, at a time, at a time we're working with. So, uh, our therapist contacted all of our clients and said, okay, you know, we're not seeing people face to face right now, but you know, here's how you can work, how we can work together online. And many of them said, no, we'll just wait because we'd rather do face to face therapy. And they waited and they waited. (laughs) And after about three months, everybody was ready and they couldn't wait any longer. And they tried, they were like, okay, we'll try 
teletherapy, and so many of them are so happy to be able to do it. Number one, to work with a therapist that they already had a relationship with, but also um, realizing how convenient it is. You know, it doesn't take them 30 minutes out of their day just to drive to an appointment and then another 30 minutes to get back. So So it wasn't just one hour for a session, but it was an hour plus a commute. And this removes all of that. Sue, uh, we're speaking with Sue Levin. She's the executive director of HDI Counseling. Uh, we will get on to their fundraising initiative, too, in time for the holidays. Sue, uh, so your organization, you're experts at this. Uh, you've been doing it for 42 years. Are there, and I know this might seem like a dumb question, which I'm filled with, by the way, but what is different about this now with COVID-19 depression, holidays, is there anything different or is it just exaggerated? Oh, that's a good question. I was going to say, yes, it's different because it's, uh, there, there is a lot more anxiety about what and when it, things are going to go back to normal. There's a lot of uh, expectation about what the world's going to be like, what life is going to be like. Is there going to be a new normal or, you know, what things are going to be the way they used to be? And, you know, those are things that everyone's wondering about. I'm wondering yeah. about and, and worried about. Those are things that can become, um, you know, disruptive of our, peace and calm and you know it may disturb sleep it may disturb relationships we may be more frustrated and um, intolerant than we have been in the past and it's the pandemic it's the political scene there's just so many things that uh, you know the economy the um, anxiety about whether I'm going to still have a job you know, the, or maybe I can't find a job right now. Um, all of those things are contributing to, um, you know, most people having some sort of emotional response to what's going yeah. on. Yeah. So now, you know, we've acknowledged that people are now buying into virtual therapy and they're glad they did it for the very reasons you suggested. They don't have to drive somewhere. It's very easy. You can go to the next room. Are you being overrun? Or are, are you equipped to handle everything that's happening now? Well, we've had to add people. So um, we have really, for most, uh, almost every day of our operations, have, have avoided waiting lists because uh, when people are ready to start therapy, they're ready to start therapy. And uh, waiting can be really difficult and painful. So um, we have had to use the waiting list in the last couple of weeks as we've been working to add staff to manage the demands. And so um, we are adding people. We are uh, not, I think we. I think we don't have a waiting list right now, but it has been a challenge. So, more and more people are are definitely looking for services, and HGI is a place where people come because we don't turn anybody away. We make it easy for people to get started. We don't have a lot of screenings. We don't. Um, we don't require lots of paperwork mm-hmm. and, and uh, pre appointment. Uh, screening. We don't use diagnoses unless we need to. So it really, we ask people what, you know, what, what are you looking for? How can we help you? What would you like to see different in your life or in your relationships? And we, we get started. People call in to us. Uh, and then within 48 hours, we have a therapist set up to talk with them. That's pretty amazing. How difficult is it for you to, you said you're adding staff to find qualified licensed staff? Well, luckily we have trained hundreds and hundreds of people in Texas as well as as around the country. 
of course, right now we're only hiring uh, locally. Mm-hmm. But um, we have a network of people who we know um, well and, and we've trained, so we're comfortable with, with putting them on staff. And uh, some of them are only working for us part-time, which is, you know, which is totally fine. So it's a second job or it's um, helping them feel some, fill some gaps. And again, back to the anxiety about work and about, um, you know, moving forward, a lot of new therapists who have recently graduated are having trouble finding work. Sure. So um, we, we have not had trouble adding folks to our, to our team. Uh, that, that's a great story. And I think your history and, you know, your mission of the organization speaks to people wanting to come join your organization. Yeah, they tell us that working with us is actually um, like joining a family. We, we call it a work family. Yeah. And we've recently actually hired, as I said, um, because of COVID in uh, the summer, we hired about 12 therapists to work in a project that we have with a particular school district. And they joined another six therapists in that school district. So we have about 18 people who work on that team. And we were talking with them last week when one of our, our school director uh, was, was talking with that team. And the new therapists were talking about how surprised they were that we have the culture of support and of, of nurturing our team. We meet with them regularly, but I'm available to them as the executive director. I check in. We offer all kinds of support and benefits, and uh, they several of them were saying that they were getting over trauma from previous employment. Wow! Uh, through you know the work that they were doing with us. So um, yeah, unfortunately. Um, you know, even though you may have a job, it may not be the the right one for you. We're speaking with even, Su- even in our field. I'm sorry, Sue, I jumped in there on you. We're uh, speaking. No, I said, yeah, even in our field, you would expect if you're working for, um, you know, let's say a, a psychiatric hospital, um, that your work situation would would attend to your own needs, but yeah. that is not always the case. We're speaking with Sue Levin. She's the executive director of HJA Count, HGI Counseling. They are based in Houston, but they can do virtual wellness with you. Sue, I'd like to ask you a personal question. How did you get involved with HGI Counseling? Oh, my gosh, Jay. Um, I've been with the organization for over 30 years. Wow. Yeah. So I joined as a young therapist to get trained. Like I was saying, uh, part of the training as a therapist is to spend a year working in an organization or in the community with supervision. And uh, it, it's called an internship, like it is, and it's modeled off of medical training. And so I interned at the Institute and I never left. I <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's a family. You you can't leave once you once you join the family. And a lot of our our team has stayed around for many many years. I think what you um, I think what you find is when you find a culture and like you said, it's like family. Why go anywhere else if you're satisfied? Absolutely, and of course, I had the amazing opportunity to move up and and become the director, and so. You know, now I get to have a part of the part of the culture, and why would I leave when I get to set it up the way it works? Of course, for, for me and for all the people that I love and work with. So one yeah. of the one of the other things I and maybe others wonder about too: where do the counselors go for counseling? Yeah. So if they want counseling. We offer an EAP, which is an employee assistance program, so that they are able 24-7 to call and get support. 
it's actually through another organization. So they don't, they don't come to us. Got it. They, you know, that, that is a dual relationship when you're already working with somebody, you, you wouldn't want to try to counsel them, but we do offer supervision and a lot of support. So, um, People often don't need counseling if they have somebody that they can talk to, yep. a good friend, somebody in their family, somebody at their church. Um, you know, many people can find the solutions and the support that they need through their own network. So counseling is really if you're not able to get that. And so, um, you know, men, many of the counselors that are out there um, do go for counseling because, of course, we know what it's like to get somebody who's really trained to yep. pay attention and listen well and ask good questions. And so uh, taking advantage of that, even if it's just a session or two, is something that can really be helpful. And you know it works, period. Exactly. You know, if you're going to give your, your uh, patients the advice, take that advice yourself. It can only help. Absolutely. And it yeah. is not unlike there are, you know, physical therapists, people that work on body things, not necessarily just mind or emotional things. And their therapy is helping others. Yes. That's one of those things that, you know, you wonder about, well, this person is the best, I don't know, massage therapist there's ever been. Uh, what do they do for themselves? Well, guess what? Them helping others is what helps them. And that isn't necessarily just for a physical thing or a, or a medical thing, it's also for an emotional thing. Yeah, absolutely. That Sometimes that's really what our clients need to hear is that getting out of their own self and giving to somebody, like going and volunteering at an animal shelter yep. or, you know, a soup kitchen or something, to, to get out of your own, um, you know, block the block things that are blocking you being so self-absorbed with your own issues that that going and um taking care of other people and yep. and supporting other people can be so helpful if you see that you're not the only one for one thing well and that's the other thing especially if you live alone uh you know a shut-in uh you find out like you just said you're not the only one there are others who are sharing this situation with you and that means there's help available. Yeah. Sue, I want to talk about your fundraiser. Um, you know, it's beginning this month. Uh, HGI is offering virtual wellness classes as part of their ongoing emotional wellness support in the local region. And since they're virtual, the local region includes wherever you're licensed and we're in Dallas, Fort Worth, HGI's in Houston. It doesn't matter. You can help too. Uh, HGI Counseling is one of the largest providers of individual, family, and group therapy services, and they don't turn anyone away regardless of their ability to pay. But you can help by taking a virtual wellness class. Uh, why don't you tell us uh, how you came about the virtual wellness classes, uh, how you arrived at $25 as a donation, and what people can do to help? Well, we're, like everybody else right now during the pandemic, so aware of how helpful it is to take advantage of the Internet to learn about things that we're not always able to take the time or uh, have the opportunity to learn about. So people are taking all kinds of classes right now. And the idea of offering a wellness class for HGI was um, something that really, I think, came because we've been trying to find a way to raise money. We weren't able to have two annual fundraisers that we have each year, one in the spring, one in the fall. We had to cancel our spring luncheon. We never even started planning a November yeah. Uh, event. So um, having a way to raise some money, but also to offer some uh, learning opportunities to individuals and families, things that are both fun and contribute to family wellness, things that can um, 
help you do, you know, have a fun activity with your children, like cookie decorating. I mentioned the chef in um, Paris, Paris, France, who's going to do a cookie decorating class in January. Uh, so something fun with, with your, for your kids, but also uh, some things that really can contribute to your self-care. We have some uh, classes that will help with learning about um, how to plan for eating in the new year, developing a menu for success, uh, learning how to eat mindfully is a different class on mindful and healthy eating 101. That's actually one I'm teaching. Oh, good. Because, yeah, you know, after the holidays and, and with New Year's, people are making uh, lots of resolutions yeah. about their health and about their eating habits. And learning how to eat mindfully is something that is really such a, a simple but but not easy thing to do. So, um, I'm, I'm really excited about that class. Mindful eating is about really paying attention and not eating while doing something else. How many of yep. us eat while we're driving or while we're reading or watching television or anything but paying attention to the fact that we are eating a meal that should be the focus of that time frame. So, um, Paying attention to what, how, and when we eat are all part of that class, and that'll also be in January. I, I like that. Go, go ahead, Sue. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, Jake, go ahead. I was going to say mindful, I think, is the key word there, because much of that, like you said, eating while driving or reading or watching TV or scrolling through your phone, that's kind yeah. of you know unconscious. You're just doing it, and you're used to doing it, and it's a habit. You're not even thinking about it, so being mindful with how, when, and what you eat should be something we should all strive for. Yeah, I think a lot of times, I'll speak for myself, I often would eat and not even really think about what the food tasted like. Did I like yep. what I was eating? Tastes good? Or should I stop and get something else that I'm going to like better? You know, I think um, you know, often we treat our bodies um yeah, in in a way that that doesn't promote wellness. I think you know uh, we're we're this show's airing two days after Christmas. Uh, you know we worry about what we give our what are we going to get mom and dad or what are we going to get the kids or our friends for Christmas. Uh, perhaps some emotional wellness as a gift is is right up there and helpful to all involved. And you can do that, and that helps with family bonding during the holiday season. It's a wellness class. You can purchase one for yourself, your family, or as a gift for someone else. How do we go about purchasing one of the wellness classes, Sue? So if people go to our website, which is hgicounseling.org, www.hgicounseling.org, they will see the wellness campaign banner, and if you click on it, It'll take you to a um, description of how you can take a class, but also how you can donate to HGI if you don't want to take a class and you'd like to support the community, the, the state of Texas, your fellow citizens who are right now in need of counseling and support and may not have the funds. Um, most of the people we serve do not have the funds to pay the full fee to support HGI for the services that they're getting. So uh, taking a class, making a donation are both ways. Uh, all the money for the classes is being fully uh, donated to provide services to people who need that support. So all the instructors have donated their time. And uh, this is a wonderful way to give a gift both to yourself or to somebody in your family or a friend, but also a gift to the community as you support counseling. So uh, who came up with the idea for cookie decorating from someone in Paris, France? Great idea, by the way. <laughs> well, one of our therapists who has a dear friend who is the 
the um, woman who is offering the class. Her name is Vero. And you, if you go to our website and you look at that class, you will see some videos of her on YouTube that you can click on and, and see a little bit of her work. So um, she's been doing it for years, and now she is speaking in, in Paris. I love it. Our guest this morning has been Sue Levin. She is the executive director of HGI Counseling, now doing virtual wellness classes, and hgicounseling.org is their website. Sue, thank you so much for being with us this morning. Jay, thanks for having me, and happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Hope everybody has a healthy, safe, and happy holiday season. Welcome to part two of Better Living this morning. We'd like to welcome Dr. James Ponce. He's the chief of schools and operations for Texans Can Academies. You know the saying, right off the car, not the kid. Well, Dr. Ponce is here to let you know about the organization, their mission, and how you can help. Good morning, Dr. Ponce. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm great. First of all, you know, those of us who've lived here a long time assume that everybody knows about carsforkids.org but we have to assume that many people do not. Can you give us a brief history of the organization, how it got started? Sure. Well, well, Texas Can itself has started since in 1985. So we've been uh, giving hope to students uh, since 1985. But since 1992, Cars for Kids has been the largest fundraising arm for Texas Can. And Texas Can itself uh, is a dropout recovery and, and prevention high school system throughout the state of Texas. We have 14 schools uh, located in the DFW area, Houston, San Antonio, Austin. And uh, that's, that's where we serve students who are in, in need, as we say, mostly uh, life got in the way. And, and uh, they need somebody like Texans Can to give them hope in, in high school and beyond. But uh, CARS helps very much so in uh, removing the barriers our students face. And, and, and that's what we like to say. It's like stu- somehow life just gets in the way. They find Texans Can, Cars for Kids, and, and generous donations help, help, help meet those essential needs for our students. I think one of the things that uh, you folks do, um, not just cars, boats, motorcycles, you name it, are, there are other things, right? Yes, whatever, whatever uh, I guess anything that moves, <laughs> <laughs> anything that moves, uh, we accept and uh, then we will pick it up. We pick it up for free, and we, we get it to to our auction, and, and, and we fix it up however we need to or put it in a position to to make it available for someone else. And then um, it's a win-win. The, per- sure. the donor gets a, a, a tax write-off, and actually I think we give them a little $50 gift card, yep. and then uh, we, we get the, the benefit of, of, of the, the donation and, and, and be able to apply it to our students or our schools in some manner. I hate to use the word typical, but can you give us a, a bio of a typical student? Yeah, you know, our student is like that student who has, for whatever reason, just it's one, one you know, has failed uh, a lot, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's academically or whether it's, it's just the failure um, at home. Uh, they've experienced a lot of, of, of downfall, a lot of trauma for the most part, uh, and that's why they find themselves with us. Uh, it, it's, it's, not a, it's not an issue of, of potential because it's just that the circumstances have gotten into in, in their way. And uh, for most, we know how to navigate or have a support system that knows how to navigate that for them. Yep. Uh, but but in, in the case of our students, they, they don't have that, that, that deep level of that network or that support system that allows for that for that to happen. And, and for, for our students, um, given missing school or changing schools, a lot of times you've changed a lot of schools or you missed a lot of school, you, you begin to fall behind with your literacy skills. So, so, so those are the, those are basically what we find. Whether you have some psychosocial trauma or you have educationally, you just seem to always be failing. And then you take this the test, whether you're taking the end of course, and you keep failing that too. So, so you don't see hope. You know, you, right. you try to find a place where we say, "Can I find a little hope?" So, what we do is first and foremost, we do we give hope. We, we show that there will be a path for you. Uh, come to school, and, and you'll not only have a, an education 
uh, that's second to none and, 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 and will get you ready for beyond high school. But we also give you a lot of support. There's a lot of caring adults. Uh, we have advocates, that student advocates, uh, the teachers, of course, and the administrators. And then we have Cars for Kids and the mentors and all everybody. We just try to surround the individual with, with, a, with a lot of love and a lot of hope uh, so that they can see that there are services beyond and they can have, uh, beyond what they're used to and that they can focus in on their education. And then when, once they're focusing on their education, we, we're one of the only high schools, I think, in America, if not the world, that we teach reading every day, and you will read out loud every day. You Good. will read and read and read in every of your, class, in every of your classes. So, so not just your first class, your English class historically, but every class you're always reading because we know we need to get those reading and thinking skills up for you. How do kids find you, or, or are you out uh... – virtually at least in the community looking for possible students how does that work you know there's a couple of things the the, the bigger way is uh like word of mouth right so yep. it's historically either <clears throat> either you came through as 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 a student and then you let your friends or your siblings know or your relatives know but the other one for us is the relationship we build with with our feeder high schools or the high schools in our in our surrounding areas we, we, we reach out and, and, and we build those partnerships and we ask them uh, to send us that, that student who, who they know is struggling and that despite their best efforts, they know it will be very difficult for, for them to find a path to graduation. So, and then the third thing is, is yeah, we're, we're out on the web and, and all the social media sure. and just out there letting, letting, letting students know and or parents, guardians, just this is who we are and this is who we serve. Because you never know who who comes across us in, in any manner, and, and they think of a child that needs us. So so we're out there in, in all in all those areas like that. A couple of things you said. One is reading every day in class, regardless of the class. That's brilliant. The other is, you know, for whatever reason, these students have failed or not done well in the traditional learning environment. What do you do that's different from the traditional learning environment that helps these kids? We do a couple of things. Is one, we we slow it down a little bit. It seems counterintuitive. Says, "Well, we're slowing it down. Well, you're trying to get them out in in two years." But even though we accelerate the the, the curriculum, uh, we slow it down for them. Is that in that we compress and find those high high impact skills that they're going to get from. So, and every day we make an effort uh, to make sure that we follow that same process. In, in our case redundancy is our friend so every day you come in and you have the same the same processes in every classroom so now the mind gets used to it's kind of that muscle memory between the eyes and the ears and Mm -hmm. and the speaking so now you know we 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 begin to slow it down in that manner and then you do the same thing every day so so those skills that you were missing uh start to get embedded and 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 the other thing we do as i mentioned is we, we pay a lot of attention to to the the psychosocial part of you we we call you every day we talk to you every day if you're not if you're not there we'll call you um we see if you need glasses we see if you need just whatever you may need we'll we'll get 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 that help for you so we do a couple of those things and then we also have i think the only of one of the very few um it's 247-365 mental health hotline for you also. It's kind of like an, we call it the student assistance program. It's similar to the employee assistance program. So we just throw a lot of resources at the student and, and, and make them feel like they're part of something. Yeah. Uh, and and that, that, that makes a big difference. Not that, the, not that the traditional setting isn't. It just seems that it wasn't the right fit for them, so that's where we step in. Well, yeah, it, it d- doesn't necessarily the traditional setting work for everybody. People learn differently. People learn at different speeds. So w- when you find a method, and like you said, um, repetition or frequency is our friend, uh, that, that just makes it easier to stick in the brain, and every day you learn that way. Uh, one of the other things I wanted to ask you about, where do you find your teachers? You know, we find them uh, all over the place. We we look, we find we have a lot of those that were traditionally in an ISD and and, and needed to needed to find something different. And then we find uh, teachers that are alternately certified. Um, but we look all across the spectrum. Uh, what we look first and foremost is for someone who 
really wants to 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 apply have find a vocation yeah um and, and really has a connection to our students whether it's been your history of where you taught or whether you're that student right so we really try to find if were you in an urban setting uh your whole career or were you that student you know because a lot of times yeah. we, we find uh teachers who after we talk to them in an interview we find out yeah the reason they they look for can is because they see themselves there and they want to give back uh, and they want to give back in a big way. And, and they, and they, they feel like they can make a bigger impact because they can, they can speak to our students a little differently than most. Are you always looking for uh, more instructors or are you fairly set? Is there turnover? How does that work? No, it's, it's the same. We, we're, we're always in the market for, for, for teachers. Uh, uh, we're always looking uh, to find that that individual who will help in, uh, impact our, our organization in a bigger way. Uh, yeah, there is that same level of turnover that you have in any other place, whether for whatever reason. But we, every year we, we do have um, a, a, a group of, of new teachers that come in and, and, and help, help us uh, get to where we want to go as far as our instructional program. Uh, when you have identified a, a student, a possible candidate, whether through any method, how do you uh, onboard them? Is is there a process where you find out specifically what their needs are? How does that work? Yeah, well, the on, onboarding process is is a little bit different. We have what we call uh, the, this when we ha- have students come in, we, we bring them on board and and bring their parents also or their guardians, and we we let them know kind of the difference, right? Yeah, uh, we have a four hour day, which is different. For, for most, uh, so there's a four-hour day, and we we tell them how we kind of compress it, and how how their opportunity for them there is to accelerate, so that they need to be really focused. And during that time, we really preach to them that the hope and the want to be to be in, on a graduation path really really relies on on them just being there, because we'll we'll yeah. get you everything else. Uh, we'll get you everything else that you need. You just need to be there every day. But once we get you there, uh, we we have a a fluency check. So for the most part, for us, is you do a quick fluency check and see where your reading level is. And once once we can determine that, it, it moves pretty quickly from there. Because once we we get to where you're reading, now we know what interventions to give to you, and and then we we are able to 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 modify. Or, 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 whatever we need to do for you as far as your instruction or your lessons or, or the teacher then now knows uh, who to spend more time with you. We have individuals who, who take you out of class for a period of time to, <clears throat> to work on those skills also. So that's, that's basically what we, what we do. Of course, we look at your transcript and, and some, some of the places where you may need some more help as far as passing the end of course. Uh, which is the exam that the state gives. So we, we, we do all that to see if there's any other remediation and acceleration that we can give for them. Sure. I'm, I'm sure after doing this for 35 years, you guys know what you're doing when it comes to the process. <laughs> you know, that is something that people mostly don't know, that we, we've been in business that long. And, and we've actually morphed, you know, uh, into what we are today. Yes. And I think when, when you look at Texans Can, we are the largest dropout recovery system in the state of Texas, we serve 20% of the dropout students uh, in the state. So when you look at the rest of the dropout recovery, we we are in, in most of the markets also, most of the major urban markets also. So, so, so that combination has given us a lot of practice, and we've really, really honed in on those things that we know that have to have quick impact uh, in a short amount of time. Because we have to convince this, this, the student that this is where they need to be, and we have to convince them very quickly that they need to stay with us. Sure. Um, and part of that staying with us is not just a diploma, is a conversation about what are you going to do after high school. Yeah. Because as we know now, you know, the moral imperative is, yes, that you get the child engaged, but it has to be that the message has to be delivered beyond high school. Otherwise, uh, we've only giving you a little step and we want to give them a quantum step into, into the rest of their life. And we want to be changing that trajectory for not only themselves, but hopefully uh, their family. 
Uh, you said, uh, you know, it's a compressed day. It's four hours. Do you find you have students that have jobs also at the same time? Oh, that's our student, uh, especially during COVID. This, that's been part of our struggle is sure. that uh, they want to be engaged and they know, but a lot of our students, they have to work. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's not a want to work. It's, have yeah, to. I have to work. I, I'm part of the, 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 the help at home. I, I, I'm, I'm paying a bill or I'm, I'm putting food on the table and you think, wow, it's high school, you know, high school student. But a lot of our students, uh, that, that's what they do. So that four hour day is a real help. It's a real help. And, and now that we're in COVID and it's, and it's moved us into remote learning, uh, that's also helped. So, so we're finding ourselves in, in a position now that we've never been really is to, to even extend even more assistance for students who have to work. And these aren't part-time jobs. Right, they're real jobs. <laughs> yeah, no, our, our students, you know, some work part-time, but some, you know, they work full-time. These are full-time, and, and even though we're on them and we're trying to be as empathetic as possible, we try to navigate that time from realizing that, hey, they have a full dang job, time job. And, and, and even in some cases, uh, given the pandemic and what's been going on, you know, they're working overtime. Yeah. So, so they're, they're, they're navigating um, what most of their mid-20s are, you know, in their yeah. teens. Yeah. So, so that's another part of our student is, you know, most of the time they talk about all the failure, but it, it has to do with the other elements, not, not their grit, you know, not their want to. Sure. Um, and that's what we always say. You know, when you talk about a leader, I tell them, you know, most don't call you a leader, but most leaders um, – Make a good choice, and you made a good choice by coming back to school. Absolutely, because you could have went left. You could have went left and and stayed on the down the street. Uh, let's talk about remote learning. How how you've ramped up to that? Uh, did that happen immediately? Was it a hard process? How's that going? You know, I I need a I need to shout out for all the teachers and administrators in Texas can everybody on that campus, and and not just Texas can, but I think across the state of Texas. Sure. In, in March, when, when we started figuring this out, uh, we immediately um, went into the mode of if, if th this is going to persist and if we're going to be ready, we need to, to start planning for not only a, a remote learning but a one-to-one, -one, which means that every child has a device. And, yeah. and that, that was, that's a 180-degree difference for us. So we immediately started planning for that, and we 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 partnered up with Lamar uh, University and uh, some folks out there. And we began to to look at the instructional program, the training that was necessary, not only the training for the the the, the students, but the training for the staff, and the training for administrators, even the corporate central staff, the district staff. So so that was a revamp. Uh, you, yeah. You're stopping on a dime, and you're changing the entire culture of somebody who. Because we pride ourselves on that human interaction, yeah. and, and our students really, really need that. But sans, sans uh, being able to do that, we still we need to be able to 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 do that for us. So now we have over five thousand devices, over what forty five hundred hotspots. Good. Uh, we ramped up and have a whole tech technology crew uh, that's not only on the campus but a help desk. Uh, Bilingual services, not only for our students, but for our parents also. So the help desk is bilingual. But that whole effort is a really proud moment. I've been doing this a while now. Um, and I've been the superintendent in this two different places, and this is one of the proudest moments in, in my career to see uh, an entire effort and an entire group of individuals get behind something that uh, was really, really foreign, but now that are thriving. I mean, you walk on a, a campus now, and it's a point of pride. It's been a, it's been tough because yeah. you know most of us are doing that hybrid method where you have students at home and you have students in the campus, uh, and you're preparing and learning and trying to do this as a teacher, and then you're making it work and you're engaging. So from the onset to now, walking in a, in a campus and looking what's going on, that's uh, a proud moment. I think it's a proud moment and for the profession, and it's a proud moment for for us at Texans can that uh, you see that level of commitment and that level of change. Yeah. Uh, even as I say, the, the veteran teacher who, 
didn't even think that would be part of what they'd ever be doing, but they're really, really thriving, and, and, and I'm, I'm very proud of their efforts. And proud of our students for hanging in, too. That's tough also. You know, our students have a hard time focusing and staying engaged, um, but those that are engaging with us, they are engaging with us every day and making things happen. Uh, I, You know, remote learning is one thing. Keep, keeping people safe that are on campus is another. Uh, I, I guess we're all learning how to do that now. Uh, but there are other things that are uh, possible issues with everybody and certainly with your students. Uh, what can you do to help them meet essential needs? What do we... What do we do? Well, it's it's through our it's through our own efforts, right? And then our donors. Sure. And um, when you look at what we what we're trying to do for students, it's it's all of the above. When you think about it, it's food, or is it diapers, or is it baby formula, or is it just uh, uh, paying the rent, or paying a phone bill, or changing a tire? You know, it's all of that. That just puts them at ease to know that that's one less thing I have to worry about. Yeah, uh, and that's 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 what we're trying. That's what we focus on, and that's why I talk about removing those barriers. And that's where our ad, uh, we call them our student advocates come along. We, it's kind of like a counselor on a campus, but they they work a little bit differently. And that they're in constant contact with the students, and, and they have to build that relationship also so that they can trust us, that they'd actually l- let us know that those things are happening at their home. And once that happens, it's, it's a little bit of magic, and and they begin to trust us enough to allow us uh, to help them in that way. You know, it's a little bit of pride in it, too, and, and we, we want them to know that, hey, there's no judgment uh, we just want to remove those barriers, and, and whether it's clothes or a coat or rent or whatever it may be that's going to get you over the hump uh, to keep you focused on school, we will do that for you, or we will find a donor, because we have a lot of friends of Can that are on the standby to say, hey, if, if that ever comes by and you have a student in that predicament, uh, you let me know, and, and I will step up for you. So, so there's a lot of a lot of individuals who are w- ready and able and willing to help our students uh, remove that barrier so they can stay focused on school. I think uh, for probably, and correct me if I'm wrong, many of your kids, this is one of the first times that they find someone who's actually reaching out to help them and they can trust and they and nothing is expected in return. You know, that's correct. And that's one of the things we pride ourselves on also is that we build that relationship. And it's a tough nut because when you think about the yeah. crack, because when you think about the, the multiple failures and and uh, them not knowing or something being said and it didn't come to fruition. So we know we were it's a very tenuous position for us. Also, we have to come through. We have to fulfill that promise. So, but trust is that big one. And you're right. Uh, our our place and time and can is is all about trust and hope. Trust and hope. That's our first few weeks about trust and hope. If we say we're going to do something, let's do it. Uh, and let's be honest with the child and the student so that they won't have any any false expectations. And 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 I think those two those two that combination, those two things put together, they they begin to trust and find hope and 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 find their path uh, beyond beyond high school. You touched on this earlier. I'd like to jump in on it again. Uh, talking about efforts to meet the mental health needs of the students. How do you accomplish that? You know. One first and foremost, we have our twenty four seven three sixty five. We call it the. It's just our can. I can uh, help for students, and it's kind of like the equivalent to the employee assistance program, where a child can call at any time, basically. And then we have our advisors. Our advisors are that constant. When you when you come to Can, you get assigned an advisor. So that advisor has a has a caseload of of students, and then they'll they'll constantly work that 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 case to make sure that the the child has all those all those needs met. And we also have partnered up with the psychosocial networks in all our markets. Uh, uh, we have an individual, Dr. Jose Luis Torres, who who is uh, director, I mean the the associate superintendent for for student services. Has partnered up with all the agencies uh, that 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 work on mental health in all our markets, so that we can connect our students, whether it's an immediate need uh, of a high high emergency, or if it's a long term need. So we have a, a, a cafeteria of services for students. Uh, to me, just the usual. I'm having some trauma or some anxiety. 
or all the way to, hey, I'm thinking about ending my life and I need some help right now. So we, we, we have that whole gamut of help, and between all the caring adults, we'll find a place for you. It's, it's, as long as, as, you, as you're asking for help and we see those signs, to get you connected as, as quickly as possible so you don't have to have one more one more worry or one more burden and that you can see also that we're really, really trying to help you. And it's been tougher during this time, you sure. know, the anxieties, and you read everything about the student who's being affected the most or the most severe, and it's, it's our student, that profile, the student you asked me at the beginning of the interview, uh, everything you read that says who's, who's being affected the most, it's our student. It's oh, our yeah. student that, that's being affected like that. We're speaking with Dr. James Ponce. He's the superintendent of Texans Can Academies. You know them as carsforkids.org. Uh, personal question, how did you get involved with the organization? You know, I, I got involved with the organization. I'm going now my fifth year. I was actually in Dallas ISD uh, for 16 years, and I knew about uh, Texans Can. And then about a decade ago, the former CEO, who just now retired, Richard Marcus, he... Uh, he recruited me to come over to Cannes. I was actually the superintendent in McAllen at the time and had a, as having a great run there. But he was talking to me about, about the vision for the next level of work for Texans Can. And now, like I say, I'm an urban educator at heart and knew uh, what, what, what it meant and what Texans Can and what Richard was doing with it. So that's why I, I made the choice to, to move back to the Metroplex and help uh, um, shepherd the Texans can to to the next the next iteration, which we used to call, we were calling Texans Can 3.0. Mm-hmm. But it was much different. It was a it was a focus on, on quant, you know quality versus quantity because we are now talking about a license, certificates, and college hours of the military. Uh, that wasn't something we were talking about three or four years ago. We we were now setting up our organization to have students think about a career path. And something that's very tangible for them uh, to have a career and, and, and livable wages type uh, certificates so that as soon as they leave us or as they're with us, they begin to see a, a brighter future. Remember, I, 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 I always try to remind students, I used to teach second grade and I used to ask them when they were in that grade. And you probably remember, too, when your teacher asked you, what do you want to be? Right? Yep. yep. And, and, and no one ever in second grade folded up the paper in four and said, well, you know, I'm going to start doing this, and in eighth grade I'm going to start failing, and then I'm going to drop out. <laughs> no one ever told me right. that. So that's always been my mark of, hey, I always ask what happened to that kid, or I always ask our organization, what happened to that kid? We need to give them hope again. So that's what we do, and that's what I'm about is saying, you know, our organization gives that, that picture that that child threw out in second grade. We, we begin to let them – uh, envision that again, uh, make it tangible again, uh, let them know it wasn't just a dream, even though they may have said they wanted to be, usually it was a Dallas Cowboy right. football player. Even even though it was that, it was still a dream. And it was still something that, that, that was very opposite of dropping out of high school. So that's our organization. That's what drives me, and that's why I came back, knowing that being at the forefront of dropout recovery and and that's and that's something that that's part of all the ISDs and for us to really partner and, and me being in the being previously in Dallas and having been a superintendent and, and, and worked around the state, I, I felt I could make an impact and show that we really were a partnership and could be a partnership with, with our respective um, in the respective markets instead of a competition and how it could really, really help students uh, make their way if, if they weren't being successful in their respective high schools. So let's say uh, I'm going to go to carsforkids.org uh, to try to help. What can I do when I go to your website? Oh, when you go to cars, let's say it's, it's, if you go to cars on the one end, uh, it's like say your, your bike, your motor, I mean, your motorcycle, your car, your boat, um, I'm sure there's other things in there that they <laughs> donate. So you just figure and donate and we'll go pick that. We'll go pick that vehicle up or whatever you choose to. On the other end, if you go to the Texans can website, you'll see a place there you, that you would, would want to donate also. Good. If you, if you want to donate, uh, and, and we'll put you in connection with somebody who will talk you through your donation and what you, what, how you feel you want to donate and people donate differently. And that's, that's why I say when we have our, our makeup of a child and what they need, um, you know, your passion is with the glasses 
when we put glasses on students. Uh, so it's your passion with mental health, and we'll connect you there. It's your passion with food and food insecurities, we'll connect you there. You know, is it with clothing or is it with, with clothing for, for, for an infant or a child? So we have individuals who will help guide you to what, what your best place would be to help with your donation and, and, and time or talents or, or even just a, a connection or a network that we can work on. Our guest this morning has been Dr. James Ponce. He's the superintendent for Texans Can Academies. We've talked about them and carsforkids.org as well. Uh, your group does amazing work. I, I know we tend to think everybody knows about it, but I hope our message this morning gets it out to even more people and you can help more kids. Thank you so much for being our guest. No, I appreciate the time and thank you for sharing about Texans Can and Cars for Kids. I'm Jay Cresswell from 98.7 K-Love. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Tune in again next week as we focus on other organizations doing great things in our community right here on Better Living. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 